You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest, and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member FDIC. Well, welcome to Sunday Coffee. I'm Bart Gregory along with Charlie Winfield. Charlie's in the Farm Bureau studios in downtown Starkville. I'm in the mobile studio in the Big Easy, New Orleans, Louisiana. I made the trip down to New Orleans yesterday, Charlie, after our post-game show. I don't understand the devotion to the New Orleans Saints that you and many other people have. I'm not opposed to it. I just don't understand it because after a full day yesterday, I was barely motivated to drive all the way home, much less to drive to New Orleans like you did. Well, I feel like it's my, I'm doing my due diligence and my duty as a fan to get this thing turned around down here because the Saints have been oh so close to winning games. Last week, they lost a game as close as you possibly could lose a game. That was in London, so they're back playing against the Seahawks today. You got Charles Cross and Gabe Jackson on the other side. Of course, the Saints have JT Gray. And so I'm coming down here supporting our own, Charlie. That's exactly what I'm doing. Well, I can get behind that part at least. So as far as that goes, no objection. Nope, not at all. But here's what I did do this morning is I realized that the place that we're staying had a, um, had a Keurig, and so I brought my own pods this morning from Blueberry Copper Flavored Coffee from Strange Brew Coffee House. So I am enjoying Strange Brew Coffee this morning on a beautiful morning in New Orleans. Well, I am enjoying Strange Brew Coffee House in the Farm Bureau Studios. It's a beautiful day in Startville as well. Even though it was a morning game yesterday, people are still hanging around town, already a line across the street at the Startville Cafe, and I expect that cleanup is underway throughout the Cotton District right about now. Uh, you know, they, they probably don't think they clean up the Cotton District quite as early as they do the French Quarter down where you are, but it's, uh, although I do expect they probably closed it down a little bit earlier. But uh, hey, uh, good day in Startville as well, and we're 5-1. and one. And here's my thing I want to say this morning, Bart. Over the years, I have come to believe that one of the differences between Mississippi State fans and Ole Miss fans, of which there are many, one of the primary differences, though, is Ole Miss fans spend the entire offseason and then spend the entire season thinking they're going to win out. And then they're shocked when things don't go well. We're the opposite, it's like we just keep expecting, well, we're not that good. We're not that good. We're not going to be that good. We only have a few more wins on the schedule. And so I say all that to say this. Man, I don't know what's going to happen next week. I was talking to somebody after the game yesterday. And, well, I mean, good to get that one. But, man, I don't know what's going to happen at Kentucky. Man, that'll get here. All I want to say today is, Bart, I'm happy. We're a 5-1 and one football team. We're playing good football. Could we lose next week? You bet. But no use sitting around all week worried about it. This is a good football team. But I think the more important thing, whether you think we're good or okay or what have you, this is an improving football program. We are in a better place than we were three years ago, and I'm happy. Hey, I'm happy too, Charlie. 
I mean, we just beat Arkansas and Texas A&M in back-to-back games in two teams that were picked way ahead of us and go back to the whole preseason polls and the preseason pronostications by the media writers of the SEC and around the country. But we just scored six touchdowns in back-to-back weeks. We beat Texas A&M with five offensive touchdowns and a blocked extra or blocked field goal. We beat Arkansas yesterday with six touchdowns. Kind of run, you know, went went running away with it, and especially in the second half, led twenty-one to nothing in that game yesterday. And I go back to exactly what you just said: is man, we got a good defense, we got an offense, and when you look around college football, and this is what I it took from last night, just you know, watching a few games when I got in. There's a lot of bad quarterback play. And there's a lot of bad offenses in college football. And I know, you know, our system and what Mike Leach, you know, developed many, many years ago probably takes some pressures a little bit off the quarterback position, but you still have to make plays. Here's the the great thing, man, is we have moved the ball up and down the field, not against East Tennessee State, not against, you know, Duke. We've done it against two physical football teams in the SEC. Now, like you just said, there's a fine line in the league. Next week's one of those games. It's like the last two have been at home for us. It's one of those fine line games. If something goes bad early on, yeah, you can lose that game next week. Kentucky played last night and played horrid last night. But they were without their starting quarterback. He will probably be back for our game. So that being said, I am extremely happy with the way we've been playing football the past couple of weeks. I want to add one thing to that, too, and that is when you talk about looking around the SEC and college football and watching games, when we say, man, I'd like a better quarterback, I'd like a better coach, I'd like a better defense, I'd like always – who do you want to trade with right now? Because even Alabama fans are waking up a little bit unhappy today. Do you want to trade for Jimbo Fisher at twice the money? No. Do you want the A&M quarterback situation? No. But you could keep going down the list. Um, we're not a bad football team. No, we're we're a good football team. Our program's in good shape. And so I'm just going to shake the blues, Bart. It's time to get happy about this thing. Now, we'll be here next Sunday and ready to throw a bandwagon in the river again, I guess. But we'll, let's, just, let's just enjoy this one. So now you're sounding like those, those people we're talking about right now, throwing a bandwagon in the river. The, the first thing we have to do is we have to pull it back out of the river. We have to find it first. That's the first thing we got to do. I am cautiously pessimistic, Bart. All right, Charlie, let's look back at this game yesterday. And, of course, uh, we are in the Farm Bureau studios. Farm Bureau, go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. Agents all across the state of Mississippi. Tremendous service, home, life, auto, whatever you're in the market for in the insurance world, go see our friends at Farm Bureau. And like we talked about, Strange Brew Coffee House bringing you Sunday coffee, Strange Brew, with three locations, two in Starkville, the original on Highway 12 and Spring Street. Then you've got the University Drive location. And then in Tupelo, Brupolo in Tupelo as well. But go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. That's what I did. I've got my pod of blueberry cobbler-flavored coffee this morning here in the Big Easy of New Orleans. Yeah, Saints play a 12 o'clock game today, and so that's why I'm here so early this morning. And so Strange Brew Coffee House, you just can't beat their service as well. So go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. All right, Charlie, on Friday we had our Tracks Plus Deep Dig, and we talked about some numbers in that game. Do you want to talk about your numbers first, or do you want me to go first? Well, since you go first on our show, why don't you take it away? 
All right, my first number was we needed four yards per carry in the first half to open up the offense. We talked about last year about how we got off to the slow start. We didn't run the football early. We needed to run the football early in the game against Arkansas this year. Yesterday, we ran the ball 22 times in the first half. Let me repeat that. We ran the ball 22 times for 3.9 yards per carry. We were right at the four. I'm going to I'm going to round that 3.9 up to four and say we got that number, but we established the run early in the game. We had a 58-yard drive, that first drive, taking account the penalty there at the end. But we had 58 yards. We had 30 yards rushing. We had 28 yards passing. We ran the football early, and, man, Dylan Johnson ran hard. Boy, he looked good, didn't he? I – laugh all the time. One of the things I remember talking to Mike Leach about very early was, hey, man, you sure you don't want to run the football? You sure you don't want to run the football more? And this was before he'd ever coached his first game. And Leach said, look, the goal of what we're trying to do is to get the football to our best players. And if you think about it, your running back is usually one of your best players. And he has the advantage of being closer to your quarterback, who's the guy trying to give it to him. Why do you think I'm not going to use him? Well, yesterday we used him, and we used Woody Marks out of the backfield catching. Dylan Johnson ran the football really well. I thought that was a big deal. And first time under Mike Leach at Mississippi State, we've had a 100-yard rusher. He rushed for an even 100 yesterday, Dylan Johnson. He was outstanding. My second number is we needed to hold Arkansas to four yards per carry on first down. This is a team that's been running the football 62% of the time on first downs and 38% passing on first downs. And so we needed to hold them rushing the football on first downs. Now, if you look at the stat sheet, Charlie, and Charlie, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take some numbers out. I'm going to move some numbers around. Is that okay with you? No, but go ahead. All right, so here's the deal. Yesterday on first down, Arkansas rushed it 16 times for 117 yards, 7.3 yards per carry. Now, what I'm going to say is this. Yesterday in the first half, Hornsby on a first down play had a 52-yard run, and that just threw everything out and just skewed the numbers. If you take out that long run by Hornsby, they rushed it 15 times for 65 yards on first down, 4.3 yards per carry. So I'm, you know, I, I know we, we were not anticipating Hornsby and what he did right there, and so I'm going to knock my numbers down. But for all intents and purposes, what I'm saying is we gave up the one big play. Do you want to give up that play? No. Does it count? Absolutely. But overall, in the general scope of things, we did a pretty good job in first down containing their running game. I thought we did a pretty good job yesterday except for the big plays. You know, if you look at it from the Arkansas side, that's really what defined the football game. Play to play, they weren't great. But six passing plays accounted for 228 yards. Seven of their rushing plays accounted for 133. That's three-fourths of their yardage came on those 13 plays yesterday. I thought down to down we competed. The big plays are, are what hurt us. So I get the point that you're making. And my third play on our Tracks Plus Deep Dig was we needed to keep Arkansas at 50% passing on third down because last year they were nine for nine in third down situations. Yesterday, Arkansas overall was six of nine on third down and one to four. So they're a really good football team in third and short, and that's one of the things I wanted to talk about, and that's one of the reasons we wanted to have that number is you wanted them to have third down and long. But yesterday – 
on third down, they were three for eight passing for 47 yards. They got three first downs. They didn't keep drives alive in the passing game like they did last year. So we held that number pretty good. So they were just three for eight passing on third down in that game yesterday. So it, it all came back to it. Of course, they didn't have our starting quarterback, K.J. Jefferson, Fortin you know, tried to throw the ball. Hornsby was a guy that ran the ball, but we did a good job on third down of kind of containing the passing game. All right, so I'll play along there. So that's a look at your numbers. I'll give you mine. The first number I had was 400. I said that we needed 400 yards passing. This Arkansas defense allowed 377 to South Carolina, over 300 to Cincinnati, over 350 to Missouri State. Felt like we would hit 400. I think a couple of things happened yesterday. We we got 395. A couple of things happened that kept us from meeting that number, albeit a near miss. The first thing that happened is the game flow dictated it. We ran the football yesterday, and with all the yards that we had rushing the football, I'll give up those five any day. The second thing is we dropped the football. And, well, candidly, uh, their defensive backs dropped a few too. We dropped it five times. Three of our drops were on short passes, zero to nine. Dropped one deep, dropped one intermediate. We didn't do a great job of catching the football yesterday if we want to start to pick things apart. We dropped more than 10% of the passes thrown. Now, the good news is we had three throws that probably should have been caught by them. So, they kind of even out, right? But I said we needed 400. We got 395. All right, let's think about what people say, all right? Two years ago when Arkansas came in here and they played that cloud defense, rushed the three, they sat back with eight, and everybody said, boy, that's the kryptonite of Mike Leach. Mississippi State cannot move the football in the SEC because teams are just going to drop back and make them throw the ball underneath. You don't have to put pressure on the Mississippi State quarterbacks. All right, look over the last two weeks. You look at what A&M did last week. They just kind of sat back and let us play. You look at what Arkansas did yesterday. They blitzed us three times. They had three pressures. That's what Pro Football Focus says this morning. They had three pressures on our quarterback. So, Charlie, the narrative you would think has to change a little bit because now if you sit back on us, we got a guy, and then we have some receivers. And, yeah, we did have some drops yesterday. Will did miss some, a few throws yesterday. But for all intents and purposes, if you sit back and you let us work against eight guys in a zone, we've kind of gotten that mode of we're going to pick you apart. That's why I was telling somebody last night. They were saying, well, I'm surprised we did so good against Arkansas since they're the ones that gave us all that trouble in 2020 with K.J. Costello. And my point to that was at what point do defensive coordinators wake up and say, well, maybe that's not true anymore because we beat Texas A&M twice. And now what I'll say is we beat Arkansas one and a half times because we dominated the second half up there last year. So I think that narrative falls away. The other thing that I was encouraged by yesterday, we saw it once earlier this season. We saw it twice yesterday. Will Rogers showing some mobility, not in terms of getting down the field and running the football. That's not who he is. It's not who he's going to be. But he extended some plays and made some great throws moving to his left. And two touchdowns. And two years ago, what happens there? Those are two balls that Will just throws away. He either takes a sack or he throws the ball away. He extended those plays yesterday, and it gets you 14 points. Yeah, I was going to say, actually, I think you just walked us through the projection or the progression, rather, there. 
because two years ago he would have taken a sack. Last year he might have thrown it away. Now he's not doing either. So I thought those were big plays as well. Um, my second number was I wanted to hold Arkansas to six plays in the running game over 10 yards. They went for seven. Big plays really became the story for Arkansas yesterday. Of those, now this is one, you're, you're going to play with the numbers. How about this, Bart? They are credited with seven, if you look at the official stats, seven plays, 10-plus yards in the rushing game. Two of those, however, are for 10. So I'm going to give that a half point each and say that I got six. So pretty close there. But big, look, big plays in the running game and everywhere else were the issue. The last number I had was three. I wanted no scoring drives on three straight possessions to start the game for Arkansas. I felt like it was important for them to get off to a slow start. That is, in fact, exactly what happened. They went six plays for five yards. They put together a drive on their second possession, eight plays, 67 yards, but then three plays for nine and a punt. So they went punt, turnover on downs, punt to start the football game. That was important. And those are our numbers from our Tracks Plus Deep Dig on Friday. Tracks Plus now with five locations. Hickory, then you've got Starville and Columbus, Summit, Mississippi, Alexandria at Louisiana, and now the new location in Bessemer, Alabama. Also renting equipment as well out of the Hickory store. And so Tracks Plus with the Saney excavators and mini excavators. You've got the Barco equipment as far as for the Forester, the Denny Seamoff heads, and just a, a growing company. They say it means more. It does mean more because they're a, a small company, and every sale means a lot to them, and they continue to grow because their customer service is outstanding. They also have a lot of used equipment as well, one of the largest distributors of used equipment in the Deep South, and that's at the Hickory location, so our friends at Trax Plus. All right, Charlie, time for our five big plays in the game, five big non-scoring plays in the game. It may have turned the game just a bit. And do you have the do you have the first play today? I think you do. I do. And I thought this was a big play, and I don't think many people are going to remember it. Um, this was early, um, very early, in fact. We've got Austin Williams at midfield. Um, he's got three Arkansas guys right around him. Um, and we need something to go right. Um, you know, the, the referee steps in, tosses the coin, and Austin loses the coin toss, and Arkansas wins it. They defer. We get the football. We go straight down the field without even facing a third down. So it may seem a little tongue-in-cheek, but, hey, it's not, actually. I thought Arkansas making the decision to defer – letting us get our best unit on the field first, letting us go down the field and score, and then putting a backup quarterback on the field in a game down a touchdown where the other team just cut right through their defense. I thought it mattered. I thought the coin toss yesterday, and I suppose we actually lost the coin toss. The decision by Arkansas to defer turns out to have been a big play. Now, you're going to say – but you get the ball the same number of times, et cetera, et cetera. I get that. I thought going down the field, scoring right out of the box was a big old deal. Yeah, I agree with that. I thought it was going to turn into a big deal in the second half, and we'll get to that later on because they would get the ball to start the second half. But what the coaches normally say is we want our best unit 
first. If we're a defensive team, yeah, we're going to defer into the second half. If we're a good offensive team, yeah, we want the football. If you're Arkansas, and I know you had a backup quarterback yesterday, but I think early on you're trying to get any kind of momentum. The last thing you can say if you have watched this Arkansas team play this year, that defense has been their strong point. Their defense has not been very good this year. And so, you know, you could flip the page and say, yeah, I can see them deferring, but at the end of the day, it did not work out for them at all. My first big play came on our first defensive possession. We had driven down and scored. Like you said, Charlie, didn't face a third down on that first drive, mixed the run and the pass in there greatly. And then on third down and nine from the 39, Tyrus Week comes from the outside and sacks Fortin, the quarterback. Now, there are two different kinds – there are different kinds of sacks. There's just a wrangle-down sack, and the crowd gets into it a little bit. But there's also what you call just those teeth-rattling sacks that get the crowd way into it. And that's what happened right there. And so you force the punt. You end up getting a 25-yard punt, and we take over at the 45. But I thought Tyrus Week coming from the outside. You talk about a new quarterback for Arkansas. That's a way to introduce you into the SEC football game. I thought that really set a tone. I thought J.P. Purvis and Tyrus Week very early in that ball game. Well, throughout the ball game, but especially early, just decided to let Arkansas know they were there. And I thought that play was, I agree with you, a really big play. I'm going to give you my next big play, Bart, and this is still in the first quarter of the football game. Arkansas has been forced to punt the football, and we talked about this yesterday. This is a team that can't punt. The, a 25-yard punt, and we take over at the 45. So we're already up 7 to nothing. We take over after the punt that is the very next play after the sack you're talking about. And we've now moved the football to the 11-yard line, but we face a fourth down and three. And I am thinking, admittedly at the time, time to kick, more on that later, but we keep the offense out there. I honestly think Mike Leach is – somebody's sold him on a subscription to an analytics chart or something because he is bought in on those numbers. But it's fourth and three at the Arkansas 11, and we don't even throw it. We run it. We talked so much about what Dylan Johnson did yesterday. Jaquavius Marks goes up the middle for four yards, gets the first down. Two plays later, three plays later, we're in the end zone. All of a sudden, though, you know, we actually got corrected on that. Let me back up, Bart. All of a sudden. You know, that was uh, one of our podcast reviews is that I was getting that wrong. I think we both have been. All of a sudden, we are up 14 to nothing. That was a big deal. First of all, I'm proud of you about the all of a sudden and uh, because we want to get everything right. I agree with you going forth there. I was standing beside Bo Hemphill when this happened yesterday, and I looked at Bo, and I was like, I think I'll kick it right here. he go for it. And, of course, Woody Marks had made some great moves on that drive just to kind of free himself and find some more lanes. You get the first down there, Charlie, and then you score the touchdown, and you're up 14 to nothing. And we always talk in baseball about the sequential parts of the game, about this thing affects the next thing. I thought scoring the touchdown there affected Arkansas on the ensuing drive. You score the touchdown, and it's 14 to nothing instead of 10 to nothing. And then Arkansas drives down and gets all the way to your eight-yard line, and they elect to go for it on fourth down from your eight. If you kick the field goal there, Sam Pittman probably kicks the field goal here. But then he elects, he's down 14 to nothing. He says, well, i got to go for it now, and he doesn't get it. And so 
not only did it affect you on the board, on your side of the board, I think it also affected Arkansas on their side of the board too. Yeah, I thought it very much did. That's a great point because, as you say, games are sequential. And things might have been different in a 10 to nothing game versus 14 to nothing. So after that, we take over at the eight and we drive it to the Arkansas 42. And here's my next big play Archer Trafford punting from the Arkansas 42, hangs it high. But I thought the job of Jaden Wally of getting to the one yard line, planting his heels, catching the ball on the bounce at the one-yard line to pin Arkansas back at the one-yard line was massive. And, Charlie, I know it's easy to take shots at special teams. Right now, I think we're a pretty good special teams team with the exception of kicking a little bit. You know, yesterday we pulled – Raven pulled the ball, hit the right upright, and you see the messed extra points, and you kind of wonder about holes in there and what all that. But, but at the end of the day – what do we say about special teams and how you get better? It's putting your best guys out there. We're talking about Jaden Wally. We're talking about Jaden Wally downing a punt at the one-yard line. Man, I thought that was just a big play in the special teams to get Arkansas backed up in the shadows of their own goalpost. Two straight weeks, guys who maybe a year ago, two years ago, of their level wouldn't have been playing on special teams. You see Emmanuel Forbes make the play blocking a field goal last week that was a turning point in the ball game. Wally getting downfield, making the big play today. I think it says something about this team, too, that guys who are bona fide frontline starters are making a mark in the special teams. And, two, what does it do? It pins Arkansas back deep. If you can hold them there, which we did, you get the ball in very good field position, and it sets the table for your third scoring drive to give you the 21 to nothing lead. Now, Austin Williams made an unbelievable catch, and that was a great pass by Will, flushed to his left. And Hey, we saw that a couple weeks ago with Wally when he's flushed to his left down around the goal line. And how hard is that when you're flushed to your left as a quarterback kind of throwing across your body to make that kind of play? It's about as hard as it gets. That's a very difficult throw, but for some reason we have figured it out. Um, final key play of the ball game that you might not remember. Again, these are plays that are not turnovers or not scoring plays, things that can kind of get lost in the shuffle of a game. It's a 27-10 game, and it is in the third quarter, and it's early. And Arkansas is not ready to be done just yet necessarily. And they have driven the football to our one-yard line. And, in fact – they get a first and goal at our two-yard line. And this is a drive as impressive as the one earlier was. you got to put a, put a mark on this one because Sanders goes up the middle for one yard. Now you got second goal at the one. Johnson carries for no gain. Third and goal at the one. And to me, this is the big play. Now we'll peek ahead, fourth and one. They ultimately try to run it and don't get it. But here's what I thought the key play was third down. On third and one, third and goal at our one, Hornsby tries to throw the football. He tries to throw it to his right. He's rolling that way, and he is under pressure by Colin Duncan, makes the throw. It's incomplete. He was trying to get the football to Landers. To me, the third and one play was so big because after Arkansas had had the two running plays and they decided to throw there, you know they're going to run the football on fourth down. You just knew they were going back to running the football. That's what they want to do anyway. 
that pass play was their chance to keep us out of sorts. But it's twice down in a goal-to-go situation, or inside our 10 at least, that Arkansas tries to throw the football and we got pressure. Earlier in the game, it was J.P. Purvis. On this play, it was Colin Duncan. But to me, that third down play is what made the fourth possible. Yep, so those are our five big plays. The the coin toss, the tires weak sack, the fourth and three from our four-yard line, downing the punt, and there what you said, third downing and goal from our one-yard line. The five big plays brought to you by our friends at Cannon Ford of Starkville. Cannon Ford. If you're in the market for new cars, used cars, if you need their service center, need a spray-in bed liner, if you need to change your oil, whatever you need. But the customer service is outstanding. I get texts all the time. I get calls all the time. Hey, Bart, I'm in the market for a new car. I just moved to start. Well, who would you call? And I always give them this number. I always give them Chris Keene's number at Cannon Ford of Startwell. He is he's the, just a great guy, great dude. And, um, hey, just uh, go by and see our friends at Cannon Ford of Startwell, east of Startwell on Highway 182. All right, Charlie, turn, turning point. What do you think the turning point of the game was? Oh, I think you nailed it earlier, and I don't think there's – I suppose there could be arguments, but I thought you, you hit on one of the big ones. I thought it was the second-half kickoff. I thought when A.J. Green couldn't field it cleanly and got caught, you know, almost in the end zone. He came out and they, and they marked him outside. And I thought after looking at it, he did get some uh, some momentum outside the goal line. So they we pinned Arkansas back at the one-yard line to start the second half. You know, they had made it a 21-10 to 10 game. If they come out and drive down to start the second half, man, it's a completely different ball game. And everybody in the crowd was like, uh-oh, you know, we're ahead 21 nothing. now it's 21-10, to 10, and Arkansas's got the ball. But, man, I thought it got the crowd into it. I thought it just kind of changed and, and turned the worm a little bit when uh, they couldn't get out of the end zone to start the second half. I agree with you. I thought that was a – I thought that's when things changed. Obviously, we had to take advantage of it, but I thought that was the point in the ball game where he felt pretty good because the last thing you needed was Arkansas coming out and driving the football right there. Yeah, so that's a turning point. And, Charlie, uh, I tell you what, man, the um, I'm down here in New Orleans, and I'm going go to uh, go to the Saints game today. Tonight we're going to go to dinner. And, you know, one of the things about New Orleans is all the great restaurants in New Orleans. And they have red beans and rice. You know, they have the andouille sausage and things of that nature that are, that are in a lot of these culinary dishes down here. And that's kind of where country pleasing got their start is Henry Cooper and the, the gang there creating that great product and selling it to restaurants in New Orleans. Then they decided to market it themselves. And so, uh, so I'm going to go to uh, Commander's Palace tonight for dinner. And Commander's Palace, whenever you eat that uh, red beans and rice or you, you eat uh, that, that jambalaya, whatever you have at Commander's Palace, that sausage is made by our friends at Country Pleasing. Of course, Country Pleasing, have a, they have a lot of different lines out right now. Everything they make is great. And so Country Meat Packers and Country Pleasing Sausage made right here in the state of Mississippi. And so anything you see, well, you can see it all over the shelves now. It's a, it's a great product. We've been talking about it for a couple of years, and it has continued to grow as well. Charlie, hey, man, at the end of the day, like you said to start, we're now 5-1. and one. We're at the midway point of the football season. We're 5-1. and one. Things are going to ratchet up a little bit. You've got Alabama and Georgia on the backside of the schedule. You know, Ole Miss is a team that's undefeated right now. You don't know how really good they are right now. And then you've got the Kentucky coming up. And so Kentucky – 
has has kind of given us trouble up there. Uh, we haven't won up there since 2014, so it's been a while since we won in Lexington. And so a night game, this is a big game coming up. Wouldn't you rather play this one at 11 o'clock next week too? Yeah, but they're not going to let that happen with the horse races going on. It's kind of like, you know, Kentucky in October is like LSU at all times. They are like, please, please, please do not make us play at 11 a.m. because they got the horse races and all that going on up there. I love an 11 o'clock game on the road, not so much at home. But I will say this, I thought our crowd was good yesterday. I thought our crowd was involved. Normally you think of that 11 a.m. crowd and it just being kind of dull. I didn't think that. I think the production of our games right now is really good. I think, you know, there have been a lot of changes that have been made this year for the entire fan experience that, that I think are good. And we can always say, man, I wish we did this or I wish we did that. If you look over the past few years, and particularly this year, the improvements we've made, I'm, I am, uh, I'm really pleased. And I was very pleased to see the crowd in the game yesterday. Tell you what, you look over on that west side, on that home side over there. I mean, it was it was tight. I mean, it was it was a great crowd over there, and man, it was a, it was a good experience. And that's what makes it fun. You only get seven experiences like that a year, and it, it's only four in league play. And yesterday was a lot of fun, and it's a lot of fun when you play well. And we played extremely well yesterday, forty to seventeen over Arkansas. And so now, hey, we go to Kentucky. See how it goes the second half of the season. But Charlie, at the end of the day, man, the last three weeks, coming off that loss against LSU, we said this homestand was going to be so important about just trying to write your season. And I would say we've done a pretty good job the last three weeks of writing our season. I think that's absolutely right. Now, next week is where you can – but we do that every week, don't we? Next week is the one. Um, hey, we said a couple of weeks ago we'd take two out of three. We got our two. Now let's get greedy. Let's go get the third. And all of a sudden, if you're six and one, you know, I don't want to, you know, the last time I remember six and one, of course, was 86. And we won't talk to Rocky about that. Um, The last four weren't so great. But I got a feeling our final four won't be Auburn, LSU, Alabama, Ole Miss the way they used to be. So I think we will be in good shape. But I think winning this game this weekend is, is going to be a big difference in whether we feel like we had a good season or we had a, I don't. I hate using words like special season, but a really good season. Yep, got to sweep the leg next week. Get that three for three. Charlie enjoyed it as always. Once again, thanks to our good friends at Farm Bureau. Farm Bureau, go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. Strange Brew Coffee. Strange Brew Coffee bringing you Sunday coffee each and every week with three locations, two in Starkville, one in Tupelo. they got Churn and Spoon ice cream as well. Halftime of the NFL games today. Go by Churn and Spoon and get you a big old scoop, a couple scoops with a waffle cone at Churn and Spoon ice cream. Our good friends at Cannon Ford of Startwell. Cannon Ford, great customer service. If you're looking for the service center, body shop, somebody dings you, hits you in the back bumper, that's the place to go in Startwell. Our good friends at Tracks Plus who brought our Friday Tracks Plus deep dig. And once again, our good friends at Country Pleasing Sausage. Country Pleasing made right here in the state of Mississippi. And then you've got our friends at Bank First. Go to bankfirstfs.com for any lending needs. For Charlie Winfield, I'm Bart Gregory. Hey, appreciate you guys hanging out with us on another victorious Sunday coffee.